Once upon a time, in a faraway land, there was a story that changed everything. Welcome to Story Tales, the podcast all about storytelling in its many forms. I am Marcus Hooper, and with me today is Caitlin Park. Hello, Caitlin. Hi, Marcus. So, today we're talking about theater, and uh, you're going to be kind of my point person for theater discussions. So exciting. How long have you been, like, involved with theater? Like, how many years? Almost a decade. Almost a decade? Almost. Man, that's almost how old I am. I'm 10 years old. (laughs) No. Wow, that's a long time. So how did you first get into theater? Funny story. My dad actually played in the pit orchestra when he was teaching band. And as kind of a way to have my sister and I involved in that part of his life, instead of having us like just sit at home, to kind of keep us involved on those weekends, he would buy us tickets to see these high school shows. And not everyone thinks... You know, high school shows are going to be any good, but <laughs> um, this this school really cared about their arts, really put a lot of effort into it. And um, the first one that I saw was Wizard of Oz, mm. and I was blown away. And I just kind of fell in love with, okay, now we get to go, we get to go see my dad play, and we get to see a really cool show. And it was a it was a cool bonding experience, and then it was Susical at that school, um, where they had a girl my age play JoJo, and that's when I thought, "Wow, okay, I could do that. That looks really cool." You could like, play JoJo now. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those listening at home, she's very small. <laughs> Five one, the vocal range of a twelve year old boy. It works. It works. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually did later end up auditioning for JoJo. Um, did you get it? No. <laughs> and then the poor boy started uh, puberty and in the middle of the rehearsal process, so his voice was cracking during all the performances. <laughs> I can just imagine. He's like, uh, what's one of JoJo's songs? What's the one when he's in the tub? Uh, Alone oh. in the Universe? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, he's in, he's in the tub, and he's like... Uh, this might be a pool like I've read of in books. <laughs> Connected to one of those underground brooks. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> well <laughs> No, he held it together. Okay. It was it was good. He did he did a really good job. There was this one time, sorry, there was this one time I was in Godspell, and the community theater that I did shows with, they actually did two weekends, which um, I think is actually a really good idea, and all theaters should do that, but, you know, because you put in a lot of work and a lot of time, and then it's just going to be one weekend, but whatever. Um, (laughs) I'm a... Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Only a little bitter. (laughs) Only a little bitter. Um... We did two weekends, but between the first weekend and the second weekend, I got sick. And I was actually playing Jesus in Godspell. And, like, I got so sick that I lost my voice, like, midweek. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and oh, so no. We get, I'm like, hopefully my voice will come back before the next show. 
it kind of did. <laughs> and so we get to Friday and I'm like, okay, I'm going to really try to, to do this. And so I drank throat coat. I used some throat spray and I drank honey and lemon. Like I was like, anything you got, I'll do it. I'll do all of it. All the theater witchcraft. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I pulled out a book. I was like, Shala. <laughs> I, I did that that little incantation she does in Wicked. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but something bibbity bobbity boo. And <laughs> I know that's not what it is. Don't yell at me. Um, and so I got on stage, and with all that, and if I used my diaphragm, I sounded fine. But the thing is, like I was projecting, but now I was kind of projecting a little too much sometimes. Like even in like times where I was supposed to be softer, I was like. Judas, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> because if I didn't push that hard, I'd be like, Judas, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'd be like, sorry, Jesus smokes way too much. <laughs> well, that sounds like Harvey Fires. <laughs> I am Jesus. <laughs> so either the Godfather or Craig from Parks and Rec. Oh, yes. No in between. She drove me here. <laughs> Judas! Judas! <laughs> I chose you! <laughs> now I'm picturing Craig as Obi-Wan Kenobi in the prequels. You were the chosen one! You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them! <laughs> How did we get here? I don't know. She drove me she here! She drove me here! <laughs> anyway, you were talking about how you tried out for Jojo in Suzical and you yes. didn't get it, but <clears throat> yes. the, the guy who played Jojo, he was going through puberty and his voice cracked. Yes. That's how we got here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was really that um, rendition of Suzical that inspired me. And uh, I was in seventh grade and I auditioned for High School Musical and I mm. didn't make it. <laughs> mm. So then I... you don't look like a high schooler. No, but it was a middle school version of High School Musical. And even amongst middle schoolers, you didn't look like a high schooler. No. <laughs> She's very small. <laughs> um, so I was heartbroken, and I went a year without auditioning for anything. And then there was a drama camp um, in my hometown at the little Christian school. So I paid $300 mm. to get a guaranteed spot mm. <laughs> in Beauty and the Beast Jr. I mean, that's how the real world works. Right. <laughs> sure. Um, Look, yeah. director, here's a blank check. <laughs> but don't don't write anything more than, than $50 because I don't have anything more than that. <laughs> the check will I'll bounce. be the lead. <laughs> the check will bounce. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, <laughs> there were auditions for anyone who wanted a role outside of the chorus. Mm -hmm. My mom made me go. She made me wear a dress. Um, to an audition? To an audition. Yeah. She's like, you have to look like Belle if you're going to audition for Belle. And I think, I think I cried. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I cried a little bit. Um, when you put on the dress? <laughs> or no, at the auditions? at the audition. Okay, I got you. We were dancing, and I didn't know what I was doing. And you were in a dress? <laughs> and I was in a dress. The only one in a dress. Was everyone else wearing, like, sweatpants and tennis shoes? Okay, jeans, but All still. right, that's a good middle ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For a two-week summer camp. I mean, 
I got I got a lot of good feedback on the audition. That, oh sure. That was number one. Don't wear a dress. <laughs> number two. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember I, I fought my mom on it, but she was like, "No, remember Idina Menzel wore green eyeshadow to her Alphaba audition because you have to look the role." And I was like, "Mom, it's it's middle school." <laughs> also, she was already in. She had already been in Rent, so that probably helped yeah. her a little bit. They were like, "Listen, a we know who bit. we know who you are. You, you've got the part." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you worked on Broadway before? Yes, you're in. <laughs> Congratulations. It, it feels like most of the time, the only people who like make their Broadway debut, like, like, and they haven't really done anything substantial before, are children, because like, if children are in a Broadway show, like, you look at their pamphlet and it's it the playbill. Excuse me. And it always says, this is Michael's Broadway debut. Before this, he only did community theater. And I was like, why am I still stuck in Texas? <laughs> and I was like, I've only done community theater. No, that's not true. I worked at a theme park, dang it. <laughs> so, what do I got to do? What do I, what's a guy got to do to get on Broadway? Probably leave Texas. Jeez, I want it real bad. <laughs> Probably leave Texas. Why are you casting me on Broadway? We've never heard of you before. Also, please leave. <laughs> We're trying to do a show. <laughs> anyway, so... How did you get here? <laughs> she drove me here. So you set it up, and I spiked it. Yeah. Oh, I was oh. I was miming spiking the ball. <laughs> I wanted a high five and so she, bad. And she gave me a high five. But I was just miming, spiking a volleyball. I did so good, right? A joke. Yay. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'll give you a high five. Thanks. Um, so you were saying you went to audition yes. in a dress for Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yes. Um, I begged my parents to let me leave halfway through, and they would not let me. Halfway through the song? <laughs> halfway through the dance portion. Like, they taught us the dance, and then I was in the second group to have to actually... Do the it was 16 counts. And uh, I tried to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously did. Tears in my eyes, I tried to leave. <laughs> I mean, did you get it? <laughs> um, I ended up as a narrator. Oh, there's a narrator? In the junior version. Oh, yeah, they add whatever they want in the junior <laughs> yeah, version. It was great. <laughs> um, I was also a spoon. Mm. Like a principal dance spoon. A and spoon I, narrator. A spoon. Okay, I wasn't a spoon narrating, but oh, okay. had a lot of crazy costume changes. Dressed as a spoon, <laughs> once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of show is this? Oh, no. <laughs> the silverware are narrating. <laughs> they couldn't pay the village people. <laughs> they couldn't pay the village people. All right, so you, want, you wanted to leave halfway through. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> They wouldn't let me, and it ended up paying off, because I had a really, I mean, for someone who had never been in a show before, like, I had no idea what downstage meant, mm -hmm. and when someone would tell me, like, stage left or stage right, Stave? Stave? <laughs> Stave with me! <laughs> I would still end up, like, asking, like, wait, are right or the audience is right? Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I still get confused, honestly. <laughs> and I've been doing theater since I was six. So usually usually they point when they say, so I'm like, all right, that way. <laughs> I guess it's that way. But I think it's from the actor's perspective, right? Yeah. Because stage left and stage right are just stage directions. So the audience would never 
that's what I try to think to remind myself is stage left and stage right is from our perspective because the audience would never need to know that, you know? Yeah. So that it wouldn't need to be from their point of view. And let me tell you the way I remembered upstage and downstage. I just thought of the stage as like it was actually inclined towards the audience. So like if you if you like got on your side, gravity would just make you roll into the audience. Like that's how the stage was. So like you had to go up to go up stage and then you had to go down to go downstage. That's just how I picture. And so when people come in and they're new to theater and they're like, uh, upstage and downstage, I'm like, just picture the stage as a, as a hill. <laughs> <laughs> My problem is I, like someone will tell me, come downstage and I'll still back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then they even gesture you to come closer to them. And you're like, and all right. <laughs> and you move upstage and they're like, Okay. <laughs> well then, this is something that's confusing. When you get in front of someone and block them, that's called upstaging them. Mm-hmm. I just realized why it's called upstaging them. Because I was like, but you're moving downstage of them, blocking them, but you're pushing them upstage. Yep. I get it. <laughs> I understand. Yay. <laughs> now I can be on Broadway. <laughs> that was the key. <laughs> so... You were a spoon and a narrator. Yes. And then where did your theater career go from there? Um, I still, I did uh, the drama camps every summer. And then I was involved in two shows a year Mm -hmm. during the school year. Um, And I did one community theater play. I kept auditioning for community theater musicals and for some reason just didn't make the cut. Mm Mm-hmm. But I did make it into a play, hmm. so <laughs> that was exciting. I won. I won. Yeah. <laughs> what's the What's the link here? <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm five one and have the vocal range of a twelve year old boy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, no way to tell. It's a mystery. <laughs> and then continued through college, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's where our paths intersected. What was the first show we were in together? Was it Godspell? Yes. This is a different Godspell than the one where I lost my voice. Uh, I was not Jesus in Godspell. I was Judas in this one in college. And which is funny because the the guy who got cast as, as Jesus is a baritone and I'm a tenor, but most of Judas's stuff is like in the baritone range and most of Jesus's stuff is in the tenor range. And so he'd be like, gosh, this is high. And I'd be like, gosh, this is low. And I, we would just look at each other and be like, hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's where we first intersected in the theater world. Is that the first time we had met as well? I think that's the first time I met you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I went to uh, a cast dinner after The Shining Lives. Oh, I don't remember that. You weren't cool enough then. No, no. I was just, I was there for the hangsies and... It's so funny. When you're like an older um, theater student at Sagu, people are like, think of you as like Sagu famous. And then I'm like, but I, it's weird because I felt like that about people above me, but I never felt like that was me. So like my girlfriend now saw me like that before so like when I first started 
talking to her, she was like, oh my gosh, Marcus Hooper is talking to me. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, I'm not, what? <laughs> like, I never saw any of that, you know? And it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, listen, I'm not a cool enough person for you to act like that, <laughs> you know? Like, geez, I, I just, I just, geez. <laughs> like, and it didn't make any sense. But it's so funny that, like, the people above us were the same too. Anyway. I said that because I jokingly said that I was too cool, but I just, I probably just don't remember because I have a terrible memory, <laughs> and I remember you better from Godspell because we were in the trenches together. Oh, yeah. Once you're in a show with someone, you never forget them, except, um, what was his name? Oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but, like, when you're in a show with someone, like, you're in the, it really is, like, you're in the trenches with them. Yeah. And then when you're done... It's this really sad thing. You have this moment of like, especially if they're not going to do any more shows, you're like, I'll never forget you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, please, please. Um, but there were a lot of people who said they would never do shows again and they came right back. So, <laughs> so uh, that was your theater journey. Yeah. Um, are you currently doing any acting or anything or do you have any ambitions to continue acting? I do. Um, I was able to kind of I don't know how to say it like I've been in a couple of student films mm -hmm. I didn't think that film would ever be a thing because I think I have a weird face for camera but uh ended up <laughs> in a couple of uh other people projects. disagree oh well thanks you're gonna be in my movie yay yeah <laughs> I'm ne excited next year shameless plug <laughs> <laughs> go see it <laughs> At YouTube. <laughs> go see. I don't know why I said go see, it. go see it. Go to your phone and watch it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, are you currently, like, looking out for acting roles, or are you kind of at the point where you're like, I'm not actively looking for acting roles, but if one comes along, I'd probably be inclined to take it? Yeah. I, I kind of the latter. Um... Because the Ladder's a good movie. What? Yeah. You should be in that one. <laughs> um, that was awful. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Um, I'm looking for plays. I just don't know where to find them right now. Mm -hmm. um, also, I'm always really nervous until I try something one time. There's a community theater in town. Yeah, but I'm nervous, and I'm just going to have to make myself go. They're doing Shrek, the musical, and I think I might audition for that. You should. Yeah. You should. I'm debating... Auditioning for Shrek the Musical or auditioning for Fright Fest at Six Flags, but I'd rather do Shrek because I haven't been in a musical that I like in a long time. I haven't been in a musical in a long time. The last one was Hello Dolly, right? Yeah, and I didn't know that one going in, um, which is actually the case with most musicals I've been in, but I didn't know that one going in. But, you know, I like it now. But I haven't been in a musical that I have already known about and like before I was in it in a long time. And so if I feel like it would be more fulfilling to do Shrek, even though it's community theater. But I would get paid to do Fright Fest if I got in. So mm -hmm. it's a conundrum. But I'm, I'm leaning more towards Shrek because I just feel like that would be way more satisfying. And, it, and I do have a job, you know. Um, Plus, it happens every year, so I could always audition for 
Six Flags stuff in the future, you know, like in in another year. I've talked about before on the podcast that I started acting when I was six, um, and I was in a a church Christmas musical where I say musical loosely. Um, (laughs) I don't consider it a musical. Like, I don't consider it my first musical. Um, But it was like something about where toys in a toy store come to life. Hmm. Um, But I didn't play any of the toys. I just played a kid who comes in wanting a toy. And I'm like, I think I was like a poor kid or something. So I just come in wanting a toy, but I'm too poor to get one. And I think I sang a song, but I don't remember. I was like six years old, but so I don't remember. But I know that was the first show I was in. And then I was in another church show where I was a crippled boy who got healed by Jesus. Uh, and it was actually a really cool sh- It was like a legit show. Like at the end, Jesus actually was attached to wires and he got raised up into the ceiling. Oh, wow. I know. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. It, for a church production, I'm That's like, amazing. get out of here. Where'd why you find the budget? Why can't Sagu do that? <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, Good question. (laughs) (laughs) This church didn't have like an actual fly system. They just hooked this up like in the ceiling. Okay. And it attached to a pulley system backstage. It's a a lot of faith. Well, it was Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But then I I did a few more plays, I think. Um, Actually, I was in a show that was a ripoff of Spy Kids. And it was called Kid Spies. (laughs) Because just flip them. Yeah, and, yeah. And then the copyright people will be like, I don't see anything <laughs> wrong here. It's not intellectual property. <laughs> Except my character's name was literally Junie. Oh, no. And then there was Carmen. And then, then the characters' names were the same. It's just the show was called Kid Spies. But anyway, I was in that. And then I didn't act again, like, for years until I was 13. And people who who've listened to previous episodes know this so i'm really more talking to you hello uh here's my life story and then the first actual musical i was in was called once on this island and it's really cool and i want to talk about it sometime on one of our future episodes um and that was just so much fun and i caught the bug and then fast forward a few years and i'm in a show called aida uh which was actually produced by disney and i didn't know that i guess i should have known that because the music's by tim rice and elton john and those guys pretty much exclusively work for Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but I was in that show, Waiting in the Wings, when I realized I wanted to act professionally. And that's was when I, that was when I was like 15. Oh, wow. Maybe, maybe older, but 15, 16. So I'm lucky that I'm one of the only people who, like when I was going into college, knew exactly what I wanted to do already, um, which is nice (laughs) you know because i've watched a few other people you included (laughs) kind of flip-flop around and be like man do i want to do this or that and then there's the people who are sadder who are like i don't really want to do anything i don't know what i want to do um but anyway i forgot where i was going with this this is going to get cut out because i lost what i was doing oh but like i haven't done a lot of film and i want to get more into that like into acting on film but there's there's just this special connection I have with theater. It's what got me into acting. It's a it's a really really special kind of performance I think, and we'll get into that later. But 
uh, I've been doing theater ever since, and I just, I just really, really love it. And it's very special to me. And that's how I met you. Yeah. And that's how I met my girlfriend. So a lot of great things have happened because of theater. So thank you, theater, <laughs> <laughs> for this sexy lady that I'm with. Also for giving me my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, let's see. What, what's the next question? Oh, so next question is, what's the first play or musical that either you saw or in the case of a musical, maybe you heard the soundtrack first, that when you watched or listened to it, it really hit you in a way that you were like, wow. Wicked. I mean... <laughs> Me too! Yeah. Woo! Um, my mom took us all the way to Chicago to see it because we... It sold out in Detroit, like, lightning fast. It was mm. when it was first touring, and um, she was like, well, that's it. We're going to Chicago. We was this, like, 2006? I think so. Okay. Maybe. I just remember I was really young, mm-hmm. and it was, like, maybe the first first or second time I had been to Chicago and I had never seen a play other than the ones at my dad's school. So mm. I I didn't know what to expect really. I mean I, I kinda had a little idea but I don't I was just taken away. I, we were sitting in the mezzanine and it was still like absolutely breathtaking. I remember like sitting there with these little binoculars like like just Riveted, like really, like vi- like villains, real. like villains in a movie, like with the little binoculars when they're watching the opera, and they're just like they're just like, Aah! and then they like <laughs> glare at the good guy or something. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Did you glare at the good guy? No. Oh, okay. No. Um, <laughs> no, I remember. I uh, after that show, I wanted to be Elphaba so bad mm. that I convinced people for four years to call me Elfie. I rem- like, I uh, remember hearing about that. It was on your Twitter, I think, when I met you. Yes. Yeah, yep. and I was like, what the? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was my middle name on Facebook for a long time, too, because no one at my high school could find me because when I transitioned from my public school to the private school uh, in between 8th uh, and ninth grade, um, everybody knew me as Elfie going in because at drama camp, I was Elfie. That was it. No one knew Caitlin. Who was Caitlin Park? Like my yeah. mom could not go into uh, my high school and ask, "Have you seen my daughter Caitlin?" And they'd go, "Who?" And then she'd say, "Elfie." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they'd go, "Oh yes." Oh yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I mean, so I st- theater made you change your name for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say it's had a big impact on your life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I I've seen Wicked five times and wow. I still cry mm-hmm. at, at just the opening number like the the dragon starts moving and the monkeys are like coming on stage and I'm just sobbing immediately <laughs> just yeah. because it was it was such a powerful experience for me um, because I, I was kind of an, an oddball kid mm-hmm. and Aren't I most theater people oh always <laughs> and uh so I really connected to Alphaba because it wasn't that, you know, I, I felt like an outcast, but I, I wanted, I guess, 
like just her passion and how she, you know, wasn't afraid to stand up for what she thought was right. And, uh, I mean, Defying Gravity is just such a good song and who doesn't want to sing it? (laughs) Um, and so I just, I connected with that portion of the story, um, was just Elphaba's strength. And I, I wanted to emulate that in my real life. And then, you know, it kind of was just a weird little, uh, obsession between mm-hmm. all of my friends and I because um, my best friend at the time she went by Glinda mm. yeah Elfie and Glinda yeah oh yeah and I played yeah. <laughs> we were in band of course <laughs> yeah um, and I, our, our first high school marching show that I was only a part of for five days was Wicked but I don't know who would it ruined the musical for me for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a dry spell right now. Like, honestly, I'm still kind of sick of it just because I, the, the soundtrack, because I wore it out. Like, for years and years and years, I would listen to it so much. I'm still kind of like, I'll be like, should I listen to this? And then I'll be like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but not because I don't like it, but because I just, you know. Yeah. For me, it's one of those, like, gems that I forget about but if someone like plays it or I find the CD in my car like I always do about every three months or so like I'm like oh man and then I'll listen to it again and remember like just how good it is yeah um but yeah that was the the very first show that I was just completely captured by yeah that was the first show that I saw a professional cast perform yeah like I had only seen like high school shows or like, you know, community theater shows or stuff like that. But that was the first show I saw done by a professional cast. And I saw it three times. I saw the traveling group three times. And uh, I'm probably going to go see it in New York next year because um, I'm going with my girlfriend and a few other people. And Aww. yeah, it's going to be so cool. Uh, so that was like a mixture of cool and good. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's going to be so cool. <laughs> but I'm excited to see it on Broadway. I really am. Even though I'm still kind of sick of the soundtrack. I know that Broadway is a different beast, even though the people doing the tour are not bad by any stretch. They're amazing. Like most of them are, were understudies on Broadway mm-hmm. or one of the alphabets I saw was on Broadway, just not in Wicked, you know, and she was in the touring cast. So it's not like, you know, but there's just something special about going to the Gershwin in <laughs> yes. Manhattan. I, I've seen it. Seeing Wicked, where... <laughs> It originated, you know. This is where Wicked was performed, you know, on Broadway and still is. Yes. <laughs> well, I was going to say performed for the first time, but then I was like, that's not true. <laughs> it started out of town. But, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so it's going to be really cool. I've been inside the Gershwin lobby, and that's as far as I went. Because two times ago when I went to New York, I went to a bunch of different venues with my sister, and we... Went inside because we were asking how much tickets were. Like, plus we just wanted to see what they looked like on the inside. And uh, we went to Gershwin and it was huge. Like, it didn't look like the other theaters. Like, the other theaters, the the lobby was like really, really small, you know? Mm-hmm. But then like Gershwin, the lobby was gigantic. And I was like, I think this is a newer venue. <laughs> <laughs> But, and like all the carpet was green and I, I was just like, I wish we were seeing this show. But yeah, my answer is the same. Wicked. Wow. That's crazy. Hmm. That's insane. Uh, we should be roommates or something. 
Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> so last question. What do you think makes theater special as a storytelling medium? So my answer kind of comes from another show. Have you ever heard of the Drowsy Chaperone? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, the premise is you are in this old man's living room and he is talking about his favorite musical which is the drowsy chaperone and he kind of narrates the whole thing for you and there's a lot of reasons why the musical is just special to him um and he's playing it on a record and so it's kind of cool because the entire musical kind of takes place in his house but also on this set um for the musical it's 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 really quite spectacular. Um, but it hit home for me when I saw it because I related to this old man character because he loved the drowsy chaperone like I loved Wicked. Um, he had so many memories tied to this one thing and um, he talks about how theater just transport you, transports you to somewhere completely different and you kind of get to just shut everything out and be somewhere else. And I think that's true for movies as well, like when you see them in a theater, you know, the lights go out and you collectively experience something, um, and then everyone takes away something different. But what sets theater apart from film in that aspect is you're actually seeing the actors live. Mm -hmm. You know, if you get close enough, you can see them sweating. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sometimes you can see them spitting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, mm. <laughs> the, sp the, sp the spit row. <laughs> We've all done it. Yes. <laughs> and so I feel like there's something a little more human to it. Um, because there's always um, those behind the scenes things like tricks that happen that you don't know unless you're in it. But to the audience, it's amazing because it's happening live. Like you don't see CGI. You can't tell the difference between, you know, something that's practical and something that's digital. Um, besides, you know, a backdrop or something. Don't come for me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think the human aspect of theater, and especially when things go wrong in theater, it's very human. And so I think that form of storytelling of it, having that you get one shot and then Everyone gets something different out of it, but you experience the same thing. Um, really sets theater apart. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Because, for example, another show we're going to go see when we go to New York is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And I'm so excited about that because I've read the script and I actually watched a bootleg of it. Um, <laughs> FBI comes in, they're like, hold it right there. <laughs> we got it on tape. <laughs> um, but, like, the Harry Potter movies, I really like them. Um, I like the books better, not because the movies were bad, but just because the books have more in them, you know, mm -hmm. and there's more story and there's more answers. Like I had a lot of questions when I watched the movies, even though I liked them and I read the books and about a time I came to a part where I had a question, it answered it. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but anyway, I still love the movies, but there's just going to be something cool about watching them do magic in front of your eyes. Like, mm -hmm. I know that there's a there's a moment at the beginning. Spoilers. <laughs> I'm using this example because it's at the very, very beginning. 
Um, and I don't consider stuff at the very beginning of something spoilers. Sometimes I'll tell people and they're like, spoilers? And I'm like, this is in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, it's not a spoiler. Anyway, so they're at King's Cross Station and they're they're about to go through the barrier into, in, at, into platform nine and three quarters. And they're wearing muggle clothes and they're kind of talking in the train station. And, they're, and then Harry says like, best to go at it, you know, like at a bit of a run if you're nervous. Kind of like what Molly Weasley said to him when he first went through the barrier. And when they run through the barrier, they all spin around and their muggle clothes just change into wizard robes. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and there's, an, there's another cool thing I saw in the uh, UK version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is the superior version, Fight Me. Um, <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical. Uh, Willy Wonka, when he first comes out, he's pretending to be all old and he's dressed in all these gray clothes. And he's like, won't you help me, please? And he's like pretending to be all, all old and everyone's all like disappointed, you know, because they're like, oh, he's old and frail. And then he like pretends to fall. He's like, he's about to fall. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then he stands up and his clothes just change into bright colored clothes. And I think I know how they did it because I've wa- there's a video of it happening that I've watched a few times. A few hundred times. A few hundred times. Uh, and, and I think his gray clothes were connected to, like, like a, a wire behind him that we can't see that was, like, holding it taut. And then, like, at the right moment, it just pulled it free, and it was just, like, breakaway clothes. But it happens so fast, and the lighting change kind of disguises, disguises it, and his sudden posture change disguises it. So it looks like his clothes just whoosh, change into bright colored like purple and green clothes but stuff like that yeah like you watch it live and you can do that same kind of stuff in a movie and you could be like eh. but if you see it happen in front of your eyes you're like you know you're like how and then even if a show doesn't have cool effects like that like you said just seeing these people bare their souls and like be these characters and go through some kind of conflict in front of your eyes is just a whole new experience. It's a whole different experience than watching a movie. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love movies. And I, I know you like movies too. But it's, that is what, you're right, that is yeah. what makes theater special. It's the live aspect. It's the, I feel like you can connect with these performances in a completely different way and sometimes I think stronger way. Oh, yeah. If it's done right, because they're there. You feel more like this is something that's really happening. I'm really watching it, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of the difference between uh, watching Phantom of the Opera, the movie, and liking the music and thinking the storyline is really cool. I'm rolling my eyes. People who are, who are listening <laughs> can't see, but I'm rolling my eyes when she said Phantom of the Opera, the movie. Okay, hey, I prefer the Royal Albert Hall version that's yes! recorded. Over the movie, but not everyone has seen that, but no. everyone knows the movie with Gerard Butler? Mm-hmm. Yes, exists. But, so the difference between seeing that movie and liking Phantom, and then actually seeing the show version where, like, you, everyone knows the chandelier is going to drop. If you don't, sorry. Um, <laughs> the, sh- the chandelier is going to drop. I, ha- I hate to tell you this, but the, sh- the chandelier is going to drop. <laughs> It's uh, an old show. It is. It started in the 80s. 
It's well past 25 years. Yeah. Um, Over 30 years. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then experiencing kind of just the shock, awe, and fear that happens at that moment in a theater because it when it falls, it's... It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I don't know, how, like, any other way to put it other than it's awesome because I, I connect with, you know, the pain and the betrayal that this phantom feels, but also the the love scene that happens right before it is so sweet. And it's such a, it's such a good act closer. And, yeah, that's the whole difference is instead of watching it and being like, oh, Wow, that sucks. That's kind of rude that he did that. And then experiencing it in the in the audience, yeah, there's just that raw factor of I could have died. Yeah, we should <laughs> we should have an episode where we talk about the movie versus the show. Yes, um, because that's a whole discussion. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, theater is is so special, um, and I can't wait to talk to you more about everything involved with theater. I think it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. So thank you, Caitlin, for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Can't wait to hear from you again. And thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast. Listen to previous episodes. We're going to keep using these same people that you've already heard from. uh, And we're going to keep talking about these topics, but different aspects. So like, I'll have Caitlin back next month and we'll talk about Maybe Phantom of the Opera and the movie versus the the play, like I just said. Uh, I So I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. Thank you again for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Storytales. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at StorytalesPod, where you can share your story with us. Or you can email us at StorytalesPodcast at gmail.com.